Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. message um, is really, um, it, it really stirs me about why I do ministry and why, what the gospel is about. To get people out of darkness. If we go back into the Old Testament and we look at the story, the Old Testament, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 11, that the stories of the Old Testament are stories for us to learn as an example to learn. So if you go back to Egypt, God's people, God's favored people that were uh, enslaved in Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. Uh, Pharaoh, who was ruling Egypt, is a type of Satan. And of course, we know the story that God's people were, were released through the Lamb's blood. Amen? Just like we're been saved through the blood. God sent His Son. His Son, Jesus, gave His blood, was saved by His blood. God's people were miraculously set free from that in, enslavement, that bondage. Um, and they were set free through a miracle of Moses leading them through the Red Sea. And they were released with a great promise to go into the promised land, a land of having enough and being satisfied on the land, milk and honey, the land of milk and honey. And this is exactly what we are propositioned with as the people of God, that when we get saved out of enslavement to the world, that we are actually set free to dance, to sing, to enjoy, to enjoy our job, to enjoy our family, our marriage, our children, to, to have enough finances to do worthy things like support vision builders. We should have that at least as a promised land blessing. Um, of course, we know the story, uh, just to paraphrase, that God's people quickly made a beeline for the promised land. Twelve spies were sent in, and uh, they noticed that there was some big giants there. And they came back to Moses and they said, look, this land is bountiful, it's awesome, it's wonderful, it's everything that we dreamed of, but listen, there's giants there. And we're just like grasshoppers compared to them, they're just going to stomp us and man, 10 of them said, said that, gave the negative report. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, say Joshua and Caleb. They're, these guys have got an outstanding spirit. They're like C3 people, man. They're like C3 people. Say, man, we don't care if the council says no. We're going to build a church on this 11 acres. And we don't care if we have to be in a tent for five years. We're going to build our own building one day. And we don't care if we've only got 30 people. We're going to ra raise enough finances to launch out and do what God's called us to do. We can do it. 
We don't care about the giant, giant of mammon and the giant of unbelief and the giant of negativity and whatever else giants are out there. We're going to do it because God is with us and for us. And that's our story of the C3 Church Tugra. So Joshua and Caleb, they're outstanding. They come back. They're really, you know, they're really uh, confident that they can take this land, take those giants on, kill them, and take this land, and it's going to be good. Of course, they listen to the uh, uh, majority report, and they end up in the wilderness, in the desert, wandering, God's people wandering, wandering. For 40 years, they're wandering. And, of course, in that time, God is feeding them manna and supernaturally still doing stuff, but it's not, the pres- it's not the preferred future of God's people. After 40 years, they end up on the east bank of the Jordan, squashed up against that promised land. That's where we are today. I believe today is a significant day. It's the last day of the financial year, of this financial year, 12-13. We're going into 13-14 as of tomorrow. I think one of the things from, and all over, there's churches doing first fruits. Because today is a day where we say, God, I want to give you my best, and I want to consecrate all my year to you, for myself to be gainfully employed, jobs, better jobs, my family to be enriched, my life to be enriched, my visions to come to completion. I'm standing at this, at this precipice because tomorrow, God kept on saying next week, but it's tomorrow we're standing in a new day of believing that we can systematically continue to give to God See, this is what Joshua's story was. He was called to systematically take the land, to take the promised land, bit by bit. You can't do it all at once, but you can build one-fifth of 1,100-seater auditorium. And then you can build another fifth and another fifth. Systematically giving is a powerful thing. It's not one-off things. It's not kill one giant and that's the end of it. There's still giants. There's still things to overcome. So Joshua is the new leader. Moses has died. Joshua is an outstanding leader. He's a strategist. He's clever. But he's absolutely, unapologetically, bold and committed to Abraham Isaac and Jacob. And he knows the presence of God. He learned that from Moses. Used to hang around the tent of meeting, remember? Joshua knows the presence. They're squashed up again. It's 40 years. All the naysayers have died, by the way. And it's Joshua, the new leader, with his new tribe, his new people that are again looking at the promised land. That's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to look into the new year, this new season that beckons you. Look at these guys. They're going to get married shortly. They're looking into the promised land. What do you see on the horizon, guys? Man, I can see children. I can see ministry, jobs. 
good stuff. I can see you doing good stuff. James and Tash, we love you guys. You gotta gotta know that. Because Joshua knew God, he pulled off phenomenal things. That's C3's testimony again, too. Knew God. I hope that we also will do great stuff. What is the promised land? I love this. It's a place of happiness, a place of blessing, a place of peace. It's what the book of Hebrews calls entering God's rest. I'll explain that later. There is, a, there is a place where you feel good about your life. You find satisfaction in your work and experience joy in your relationships. And you're relaxed about your financial situation. Who's relaxed about their financial situation? Yeah, okay, that's good. Because you can get pretty tense, especially when you need to put food on the table. And you do want to give to worthy causes. And you do want to have enough to bless the people that ask you. And also, especially your children. You want to give to your children, don't you? Fathers, mothers, you, you, you do. You want, Man, I want to buy cars for them. And King Solomon described it this way. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 12 to 13 says, I know that there is nothing better than man than to be happy and do good while they live. To do good while they live. That is a profound thing. To do good. Vision Builders is about doing good. That everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. To enjoy your work. You still enjoying your work over there, Dave? Yeah. You, you mean, traveling to Egypt, that's you're still wearing, wearing that bulletproof vest over there when you <laughs> But you are enjoying it, aren't you? I sense that you are. Even Joe with her new job. I noticed on Facebook you were quite chuffed. I don't know what you do. You've done a few jobs over there, haven't you? 2 Corinthians 9:15 says it like this. The Apostle Paul says, when he understands what salvation gives us and what being born again is about and what the, uh, that inheritance entails for us. He says, 2 Corinthians 9.15 uh, says, Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. This is an awesome gift, not just to be bound for heaven, but in the meantime, to be in His presence and feel His love, to feel His mercy, His grace, His infinite love, His wonderful Patience with us. His tenderness. It's awesome. I love it. Praise God. So, God says to Joshua, I'm going to help you with your first step in how to secure your promised land. Who wants to know that? In fact, we're just going to touch on three, in the first chapter of Joshua, we're going to touch on three steps that Joshua is being encouraged to take. And I think we will do well. This will help leaders who are stuck where they are and they're leading their people to a, a promised land and somehow they've been stuck. But this is about you being a, a leader in your own life. Do you know you have to be a leader in your own life? Even if you don't want to lead others, you have to lead your own life. 
And you have to understand there's wisdom, discipline, choices to make to go forward in Jesus' name. We're going to help every single one of us. So let's, let's just turn our Bibles open to Joshua and uh, so that you can just glance these couple of things, steps. Awesome. It's, uh, the message is called Entering the Promised Land, Crossing Over into the Promised Rest. And it is First Fruit Sunday. I love that. 1 Corinthians 10, 11 says, These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. Ecclesiastes 3.12 says, again, it says, I know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and to do good while they live. Who wants to be happy? Who wants to enjoy their family, enjoy their job, enjoy coming to church, enjoy life? That everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. You have to work. There's no way out of it. You have to work on planet Earth. This is the gift of God. So the first point is, Number one, I'll title this, Turn the Page. Turn the Page. And if we got some PowerPoint there, it says this, you need to be able to accept change in your life. You need to let go of the past. You must be willing to move forward, to start fresh, to take a new step when the time calls for it. Listen to the first words God speaks to Joshua. Joshua 1-2 says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan and into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. The first thing that God is saying to Joshua, the past is the past. Moses was great. He got God's people out of bondage and he led the people Amazingly, but Moses downloaded the the law, downloaded the Ten Commandments, but Moses is dead. The financial year of 2, 12, and 13 is nearly dead, and we need to go forward. And personally, I think one of the greatest principles that we need to adhere to is forgiving, letting go, and moving on, and not hanging on to stuff. I had this odd thought that, and I get odd thoughts sometimes in the shower, that if you try to hang on to a grudge with someone, instead of letting go, letting the past be and let it go, that if you tried to hang on to that grudge and then you went to heaven and met that person in heaven, in fact, that grudge would not carry any weight. You couldn't even actually carry out that grudge. You'd actually have to smile at that person and say, oh, sorry, you know, that was stupid. What was all that about? Because in heaven, grudges don't hold up. There's only this world and the antagonism of a devil, of the flesh, can allow unforgiveness and the past to hold on to us. It's the power and the principle of forgiveness and the blood of Christ that allows us to relinquish the old stuff, turn the page, we're going into 1314, and we're going to believe for fresh new things for your life. Amen? We're going to do that today, and we're going to pray it through. We're going to believe it. We're going to turn a page. Second thing, stake your claim. 
So God made a bold promise to the people of God, verse 3, and I will give you every place that you set your foot. And I'll say it again. And I will give you every place where you set your foot. God is promising us that if we take authority and place our foot and exercise dominion authority in certain areas of our life, that we can see restored, replenished, recovered, reconciled, revived. I'm hoping I get revived at Hillsong because the whole conference is called Revived, Revival. We're going tomorrow. So I'm hoping that as I step into the Hillsong conference, that a new authority will come upon my life where I exercise my rights in Christ and see myself revived and blessed and overflowing again, all over again. This is speaking to someone. I can see it. God wants to give you ownership over every area of your life. He wants to give you authority and power in every area of your life. He wants to give you dominion in every area of your life. Paul once used a phrase that we would do well to repeat every day of our lives. He said, and it's a phrase that we always used in, in our church days in the 80s and 90s, all the time, Romans 8.37, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'll say it again, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. God wants you to win. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to thrive. God wants you to walk in victory in all the areas of your life. He doesn't want you to be defeated in your job. He wants you to enjoy your job. It says that in Ecclesiastes. Remember the words of Solomon, to find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. Neither does God want you to be defeated at home. He doesn't want you to be sad at home and defeated at home and not enjoy your home. He wants you to have victory in your home. He wants you to laugh with your children. When was the last time you had a laugh with your children? Laugh with your wife. What about laugh with your wife? Who's laugh with their wife? Julie and I have been doing that a lot. We just laugh at each other. We, she, she thinks I'm a comedian sometimes. I don't know what it is. And she laughs, and then I get the belly laugh, and then we just, Gemma comes in. What's wrong with you guys? What are you laughing for? This is serious stuff. You should enjoy each other's company. He wants you in, he wants you in the same way, to have victory in your finances. And I love this. I think this is quite sensible. You don't have to be rich to live in financial abundance. Of course, you do need money. There's no question about that. But you also need the ability to experience contentment. Now, five years. You know the story. I've explained it a little bit. Five years, I carried the weight and the burden since the GFC about this church. C3 just happened to have borrowed money when the whole financial <laughs> calamity of the world hit the fan and it caused a lot of grief and bother for our church. And for five years, I carried that burden. I would walk it out on my bushwalks. I would take it to bed. I would nurse it. I woke up with it. I had breakfast with it. I, I, it got in the way of my marriage. It got in the way of my fatherhood. It got way in everything of my being a, a man of God. It got in the way. It was a burden talking about finances and I was stressing about it in the end because I didn't get stressed about too much but I was getting stressed about it 
But then, praise God. Yes, a miracle. And I just felt elated. I could breathe. My chest found air again. I, I could, I could, I, I felt like the weight of the world had been relieved off me. And I knew my God had come, that he saved us, that he is our provider. Just like Joshua, who knew, although he'd suffered many defeats, he knew that God was his provider, that God would get him through at the end of the day. I thank God. Your, and I love this quote, your, what is it? Is your testimony. Adversity. Your adversity is your testimony. Do you know what the story, I believe, of C3 Tugra will be such a blessing to our next, next generation? They'll be able to tell the stories of our church, of how it didn't come easy, how we just didn't pluck it out of the air, but how through faith and perseverance and endurance, we persevered and we inherited the promises of God. That's a far better legacy than something that came effortlessly and so easy. God wants to give you peace in your financial life. He wants to give you ownership in this area. And praise God, we're going to see that happen today. It also applies to your spiritual life. And I said that God doesn't want you to be struggling, doesn't want you to be burnt out, doesn't want you to live in the vacuum of an emotional vacuum of not feeling God, not feeling anything. He doesn't want you to be like that. You, you can experience the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness. The, you can experience that. And that is your right to experience as an inheritance of God. You should be experiencing joy, peace. And we need to claim it in Jesus' name. We need to set our foot down in our homes, in our business in our marriage, in our church. Some people don't set their foot down in the church and they don't exercise the authority that they have as a believer to partake and to see God's blessing happen through that. It's a sad thing. So the third thing is claim your promises. God said to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And of course, you can see those words in Hebrew, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I'm talking about claiming the promises of God. And actually, you can see it in the words of Jesus in Matthew 28, 20. And, sh and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Do you know, God is with us. He's for us. He's, he's there. It, it doesn't matter if you ignore him. I heard a story. It was a tragic story of two brothers living in the same bedroom sleeping having to sleep in the same bedroom they had a fallout and this man he told me he didn't speak to his brother for five years didn't acknowledge his presence for five years i said you're joking he said no we did not talk to each other for five years and slept in the same bedroom but but, but we do that too even with extended families and maybe some people that you're awkward with, you do not acknowledge their presence. Friend, I'm telling you, you can ignore God as much as you want, but He's with you, He's for you. And even if you're having a bad, day, a bad hair day, He's still there. I don't believe God's presence is here. I'm sorry, He's there. I don't deserve it. I'm not like Joshua and Caleb. I'm sorry, He's still there. 
Yeah, but I've been ignoring him. I'm, I'm sorry, but he's still there. That's the promise of God. Yeah, but I, I'm not acknowledging him today. I'm, I'm, I'm having a day off from him today. I'm sorry, he's still there. Yeah, but I'm arguing with my wife now. He's, he, he, he can't be there, but he is there. That's the promise of God. He's there with you in the valleys. Now, I don't want to have to recite the, the footprints poem. You don't want me to have to do that, do you? He's with you through the valleys, the trials, the tribulations. Yeah, you know, just, just carrying you along. I'm nearly done. Father, we're asking in your name that we would not, that we would not ignore you. Every step you take, every place you go, I am with you in your victories and defeats and in your good times and in your bad times, in your dark days and in your bright days, I am with you. You can count on me. Father in heaven, we just come before you right now as standing before this promised land that has always been beckoning us through great ministries, through great sermons we've heard, through the promises of God. We're always being beckoned into this day, Lord God, of being satisfied, having enough. And dear God, you're giving us the same instruction as you gave Joshua to relinquish what's gone down in the flood, to relinquish all the hurts of the past, to relinquish all the defeats of the past, of this year even. Lord, we want to move into the promised land. As C3 Church, we want to move into our new day of experiencing rest from our enemies, prosperity in the areas where we so need it, spiritually, physically, socially. Lord, we, we want to be blessed. We want to have good friends. Lord, we want to be able to laugh. We want to prosper in our emotions. We want to be able to laugh and be able to enjoy your presence. Lord, we want our bodies healed. We, we're praying for our physical bodies to be healed. We're praying for our inheritance, for our bodies to be healed in Jesus' name. We're standing at a precipice, Lord, and we're looking at the promised land. Now, I love this. If There's a, a photo there of Joshua. He's crossing the, the river Jordan. And, and I love this. It's the priest taking in the, the ark. And that's the presence. That's what we need to do today. Lord, we don't want to go anywhere without you. We can't go without you anyway. You're there for us. You promised it. You promised that you would be with us and for us. And here's the crossing of God's people. Joshua says, right, the ark. Let's take that ark in first. And the ark was taken into the river of God. And do you know where this river was swollen? It was impassable. It couldn't be passed. But as soon as they took the ark and the presence into the Jordan and they stepped into that river, the river started to subside. And actually, the river stopped flowing at a city and a town called, where? Adam. Boom. Adam is where all the curse started, the garden. All the curses that stopped God's people getting into the promised land. Was it just coincidence that that water banked up at that town called Adam? I don't think so. I think God was again making a point. So the river, it dissipated. They walked through on dry ground. And while the priests held the presence of God in that river, all God's people passed by. 
over to the other side. Three things. Look ahead to what God will do in your life today and tomorrow. Second, stake your claim on your territory. Begin to expect God to give you dominion in every area of your life. Three, claim the promise of His presence. We're not in it alone. We're not in it alone. Father, we just come before you right now. And Lord, we just, some of us have been in the wilderness and we've not quite entered into the promised land of what God has for us as a people, but as a, Lord, uh, I want to give you glory. I want to display your glory, Lord. This was the whole idea of this favored nation of Israel, that they would show forth the excellencies of God, the glory of God, that they would be a true example of what it was to be aligned to God, that they would be a true example of what it was to be appropriating the promises of God, the favor, the protection, the provision, and all that and more was, was supposed to be shining bright so all the nations, so all the heathen nations could see that God's people were favored by the Most High God. People of God, we should be a shining example. We should be a shining example what it is to be born again, to be saved. We should be satisfied, blessed with enough to support every worthy cause. We should be hopping and skipping to church in the presence of God, and we should be so, so wonderfully, powerfully enamored with God that God becomes brilliant inside us, shining forth through us. There's a promised land for each and every one of us. There's a promised land for your business, for your marriage. There's a promised land for your children. There's a promised land for this church. Would you help us this morning go into the promised land? It's beckoning us. We're going forward. The first step we need to do, and we'll do that right now, I think. Father God, forgive us for all our sins. Forgive us, Lord God, for anything that is separating me from you and me from others and me from my promises in you, but me from the promised land of all that it represents to me and and our church. Lord, forgive me of carrying unforgiveness and holding on to the past. I relinquish the past in Jesus' name. I relinquish it off my life. I'm a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm walking into the days of glory. I'm going into my promised land of all that represents for me. Lord, I pray for those new jobs and to be satisfied in those jobs. And I pray for my relationships, Lord. I pray for my my spiritual life. I pray, I pray, I pray. I want it. I believe for it that I can be happy in your presence. I pray for it in Jesus' name. Bible says everywhere you place your foot, your heel, you can stake a claim. Right now, I'm encouraging you to stake a claim for your preferred future. That's called vision. If you have no vision, you're dwelling carelessly. 
You're just not believing for the more of God. You've lost your faith in God. You're doubting. You're unbelieving. Well, I'm just praying for you right now that the Holy Spirit would anoint you and anoint your spirit all over again to believe that you are favored of the Lord, that you are a child of the Most High God, that the Lord, if He's with you, who can be against you? That you're going forward into the most blessed days of your marriage, the most blessed days of being a parent, the most blessed days of being a member of your church. You are going into the promised land, my friend. Nothing's going to hold you back. God is for you. His presence, He will never leave you or forsake you. You can cry all you like. You can stomp your feet all you like. But God is right there. He's comforting you. He's counseling you. His love is infinite. His patience is phenomenal. His tenderness is beautiful. He's right there, and He's leading you into the all that you were born again for. Would you listen to Him this morning? Would you allow Him to lead you into that promised land? All this preaching, all these great Christian books we read, beckoning you into the promised land. But I think we need to listen to a Joshua, and we need to relinquish the old stuff. We need to relinquish all the hurtful things people have said about us and all the gossip and all the negativity and all those things, despairing things and negative things. We need to relinquish them and we need to get bright-eyed. We need to look on the horizon of our great life and say, God, my God, this indescribable gift that the Apostle Paul talked about is true. It's a land flowing of milk and honey. There's gold in them hills. There's crops, cattle, all these things represent prosperity. It's not a barren, dry wilderness. They say the most unhappy Christian is the Christian in the wilderness. I'll say it again. The most unhappy Christian is the Christian in the wilderness. Please come with us and cross the river right now. We want to take up the first fruits this morning. I wonder if you can prepare that right now. We're going to do that. We're going to believe that this first fruits honors God. This was typically done at the end of the harvest. It's typically done now at the end of the financial year. Lots of churches are doing it. We're going to give the Lord our first fruits. If you're not come prepared, do something, anything. There was a widow who was commended for what she gave. Two, two little, two mites, two coins. Whatever your giving is about your heart and it's about the intention of your heart it's not about the amount that you give it's about your heart and you saying God I give you the best the Bible says in Romans that if we give him the first fruits the rest of everything we have will be holy so God as we give you our first fruits this morning let all that we earn and all that we are blessed with Lord let it be protected let it be multiplied lord let it be favored by you jesus and all our finance we commit our financial year to you would you help us do that this morning as we prepare our first fruits to the lord if you need a pen if you need something just put up your hand if you need a card uh, there's fpos at the back too if you want to make a statement to the lord this morning in first fruits and believe for a miracle some people are 
I know some people are. They've come prepared this morning. Father, this morning, we want to give you the first fruits of that which you've given us. The first fruits could be towards the vision builders. Of course, if you want to start today, your vision builders, use that. If you want to do it online, that's fine. But I want to take this church across the river into the promised land. I believe in actual fact that C3 Tugra has left the wilderness. We have left the wilderness. We have wandered long enough. We have wandered through dry land. And we're going in to favor and blessing. And we're going to shine as God's favored people. So much good stuff is already happening in and around this church. We're just about to start our car park. We're going to start our mezzanine in four, six weeks' time. We're going to see the church continually grow. People are going to come and they're going to say, how did you get your best life? Man, we were taken into the promised land. Pastor Phil, that Joshua anointing. There's a Joshua generation being raised up in this church. Moses is dead. Joshua is the strategic leader for the hour. Follow that leadership and let them take you into your promised land. The past is dead. We're going into the future of our church, of your life. So Father, right now, right now, right now, in your mighty Son's name, in Jesus' name, we give you the first fruits. We give you this offering to declare to you from our heart, this is our best. This is our heart towards you, Lord, that we do not want to abide in lack, that we do not want to stay around the same old, but we want to walk into our best days yet. Your best days are before you. Your best days are ahead of you. Apparently, your life starts when you're 50. Well, I'm 50, Lord, and I'm believing I'm already experiencing my best days. So, Lord, right now, we take this up. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.